재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 While France and indeed the entire world still reeling from the impact of those deadly Paris attacks, right-wing populist parties are now once again on the rise across Europe. This is not a new phenomenon, but as Europe has been grappling with the migrant crisis, uh, various far-right political parties are campaigning against Islamic extremism as well as anti-immigration. To understand the influence of right-wing populism and how a surge in right-wing populism could pose a threat to openness and tolerance, we're very pleased to have joining us Matthew Goodwin, Professor of Politics and International Relations at the University of Kent. He's also Senior Fellow at the UK in a Changing Europe Project. Hello. Thank you for having me. Professor, thank you for joining us. I suppose we've been reading the headlines, but uh, essentially, how well have right-wing populist parties been faring recently in Europe? Well, since the refugee crisis in Europe, several of these parties that are directly opposed to the EU and immigration have been polling uh, very strongly in countries such as the Netherlands and Austria and France, and also, surprisingly, more liberal countries like Sweden. Hmm. Right-wing populist parties have been polling above 20 or 30 percent, and in several cases are sitting comfortably in first place in the opinion polls, meaning that were there an election tomorrow, they would likely win those elections outright. Hmm. Now, of course, in 2014, uh, last year, we also saw right-wing populist parties win the European elections in countries such as Denmark, France, and the United Kingdom. And so in general terms, these parties are enjoying some of their strongest support really on record. Hmm. So for them, then, is it somewhat, I suppose, a perfect storm of events to create this very favorable environment, whether it's the migrant crisis, uh, terror attacks, uh, economic downturn, all of this kind of coming into play as factors? I think the refugee crisis is certainly strengthening these parties in general terms. I'm less convinced by the effects of the Eurozone financial crisis, mm. and the reason for that is, for example, if you look across southern Europe, countries like Spain, Portugal, uh, and Greece, these are countries that have been hit the hardest by austerity and financial problems, but we've not yet seen the emergence of a highly successful right-wing populist parties. But after the refugee crisis, we have seen uh, parties like Marine Le Pen's National Front, right. like Gerd Wilders and the Party for Freedom uh, in the Netherlands, and like Christian Dracker and the Austrian Freedom Party uh, in Austria. Those parties have been gaining some momentum. And you know what's really interesting, actually, about their support? The assumption across many Western states is that these parties typically uh, win votes from the over 60s, mm-hmm. older, uh, typically white uh, men who came of age before the EU and feel anxious over immigration. But what's interesting about France and Austria, as two examples, is we are seeing over 30% of 18 to 30-year-olds also voting for the parties. And that, that, that is significant. That pushes back against that conventional wisdom that these parties don't have a bleak future. 
in the, don't have a right, right. to teach you. In the past, we've always referred to groups like this as fringe or extremist. Now, whether you are a conservative or a progressive or liberal, I suppose the general idea is that extremists on both sides are not necessarily uh, a healthy thing, the rise of these. Uh, do you feel that the emergence of these far-right parties is a concern for the long term? There's certainly a great deal of concern in Europe about the uh, growing uh, support for some of the bigger parties, Marine Le Pen's in France, for example, um, Gert Wilders in the Netherlands. You know, Wilders is openly anti-Islam. Uh, in Denmark and Sweden, too, there are strong uh, uh, levels of support for parties that are completely opposed to the idea of the EU. And I think there's a concern for, for, for a variety of reasons, but mainly, you know, the, one is the EU, I think, is beginning to recognize that parties which do not share its, its, its ambition for ever closer union, mm. parties that do not want further enlargement of the European Union, and parties that want a return to national uh, uh, members, uh, national states and uh, sovereignty, that these parties are growing in strength and presence within the European Parliament. And that, that is problematic given the crises that the EU is facing. It's had the Eurozone followed quickly by uh, the refugee crisis. And these are very big, complicated issues. And what it does not want is 30 to 45% of the European Parliament filled with parties that do not want that Parliament to exist. And secondly, there's a lot of concern over the uh, uh, protection of rights for minority groups, um, for example, the Roma communities in Eastern Europe, where you've seen strong support for parties such as Jobbik in Hungary, which is a very uh, anti-Semitic but also anti-Roma uh, party. And also, of course, the asylum seekers and refugees. We've had around a million uh, refugees arrive in Europe uh, this year alone. Right. In some major cities, such as Munich, you've had 70 to 80,000 arrive in a weekend. And we've seen on the extreme right of the landscape quite a sharp backlash to that uh, movement. We've seen the torching of asylum uh, seeker residences and hostels. And I think that is fueling concern over how the EU can protect both rights and the presence of these minority communities. Well, if, if we agree with the premise then that uh, it would be problematic if there was hypothetically um, a wave and a bigger political, I suppose, movement where you see majorities in various parliaments uh, controlled by uh, extreme right wings. What are some of the factors in play, do you feel, uh, that would uh, perhaps cause a, a wane in their influence? Is it? I, I, I suppose you're saying an, an improvement in the economy won't necessarily help, maybe an improvement in the situation in the Middle East? Well, it's at this point, it, it, it is difficult to identify the factors that would lead to uh, a loss of their support. I mean, there is, there is an interesting story that, that emerged out of France over recent weeks where you had regional elections, uh, elections that voters have not tended to treat as importantly as national elections. Mm. And in the first round, where there essentially were far fewer consequences for voters, Marine Le Pen easily won that round. But in the second round, where voters were aware that actually the uh, far right may well end up controlling uh, entire regions of France, uh, the voters uh, clearly held back and often tactically voted 
to ensure that her party uh, was not elected. So the reason I'm telling you that is I think within this vote there is a strong protest element okay. where voters like to take the opportunity to vent their anger and frustration over these issues. But when it comes to these parties actually being on the cusp of entering power, entering the corridors of mm. power, uh, voters have often just held back. All right. And I think that is uh, a significant observation given where we may be going in the future with these parties nationally mm. okay. polling 20 or 30 percent. Very good. We're going to have to leave it there, but Professor Goodwin, thank you so much for your time. appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Soul City News up next.